afternoon out there, Draft Drafters. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of these shows in the morning or in the wee hours of the morning like we did a couple weeks ago, JP. But since it's Sunday afternoon, that's got to happen, at least for me. You don't have to join me, but I'm about to pour one out. I may. I haven't fully decided yet. Fair. I'm well, just so, uh, for reference point, I have got a Big Lake Fudgy Kruger Double Oatmeal Stout right here. And again, we talked about Big Lake last time. I'm not going to go into depth on them. We'll talk more beer later. But uh, yeah, let's just say that uh, I'm, I'm ready to go with my chalice. And last you show, we talked about... Tell you what, man. Anybody who can put a, uh, a mason jar on top of what looks like a candlestick, it's just magic. Absolutely Midwest backwoods magic. All right. We talked about uh, defensive players last time, kind of gave our rankings where we think these guys are at. This is not necessarily where we think they're going to get drafted because let's be honest, some teams are going to value one thing over another. But what we are going to do now is go through our offensive position groups and basically break down where we have our guys ranked going into the uh, the draft. It was about a month away. And again, some of these, some of these names are going to change. Some of these names are going to be very obvious. Some of these are going to catch you by surprise now, and then by the time draft day comes around, you're going to realize that we're right. So, JP, why don't you kick us off with quarterbacks? Who do you have on the back end of your quarterback list? I'm glad you said back end, and I was worried if you were going to say, who do you have at 12? Because ah. you want to cheat already? Determined? No, I don't have 12. <laughs> I don't think 12 quarterbacks are being drafted in this class. You know, I do agree with you. I mean, we'll see. I, I, could I just blanket statement? Here's what I'll do. I don't have. I have mm-hmm. 11 ranked. At 12, oh, okay. I'll just put Tanner McKee because everybody loves the guy, and I don't. <laughs> Admittedly, go. I've got I've got McKee at 13, so I think both of us uh, are a little low on unranked. him because he's just he's a tall guy who has long arms and hasn't produced. And that's the fun part because they talk about oh well he didn't have the talent at Stanford. Okay, cool. There's definitely one Stanford wide receiver that people are talking about. Oh, hey, he could definitely get drafted. So you're telling me that Tanner McKee didn't have talent? I just don't think he has the talent right now. He could get developed into something, but he just seems like an, an, a relic of an older area era of quarterback. It just doesn't seem like it works today. Uh, and he I got seems 14, like actually. he's seems like he's just uh, Mike Glennon's little brother. <laughs> well, we'll have to have a chat with Mike sometimes. Well, they're both rather comparison. large, so I they don't are. know. They are. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and again, hey, uh, good luck to him. Some team will take a chance on him because he's huge. Uh, but yeah, we'll see there. 12 for me, though, I've got DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson from uh, UCLA. And again, he is not, I mean, he's not well, small, he's 6'2", 203, but he's a weird player. He's definitely a project. He's a guy who can wow you with his legs, is definitely more of a runner uh, first, almost more than a passer. But he found ways to get things done at UCLA, and uh, it's just inconsistent is his big thing. So I think you work on some footwork. You could definitely work on some ball placement, but a team might take a chance on him later on as a developmental pick to, to see where they can get with him. Number 11 for me, I've got Aiden O'Connell ah. from Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... And his amazing mustache? He, yeah, well, and I think that's why he made the <laughs> list because other than that, like he hasn't really done anything that's impressed me a ton either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just he hasn't, but I felt like I needed to have like at least... 11 ranked for some reason. I think it's because when we did our little data, on mm-hmm. average 11 QBs get drafted over the last 10, 11, sure. 12 years, whatever I did. So you I know, went to 11. Of, yeah, and he's 13 on my list. But he, he strikes me as a guy, If you, especially if you see him, he, he's a Tom Brady-esque figure when it, when you look at a Ooh. guy that doesn't look like he should be playing Tom the position. Dirty, dude. 
A little bit, yeah. But everybody knows the picture of Tom back when he was uh, uh, in the combine. He looked hilarious. And to be honest with you, O'Connell kind of looks a little schlubby to me. Maybe it is the mustache. I don't know. But he, he produced when he was at Purdue. So we'll see what happens with him going forward. At 11, I had Jaron Hall from BYU, uh, a guy who is you know another one of those BYU quarterbacks who could be good, but he might not be, but he might be, but meh. Another project really is where he comes at. He's a six foot, two hundred and seven pound guy, and he his talent doesn't outweigh his size, but he's still got enough intriguing tape to where somebody might take a chance on him. All right, number number ten for me. This is you know I feel okay through mm-hmm. the top ten, but ten okay. I just went with a small school guy from uh, the Shepherd Rams. I went with Tyson. Ah, yes. I think it's Bajent. Same. Bajent? Okay. Well, don't no, get it Bajent. wrong because his. That's how they okay, said well. it. I, I actually forgot to hit mute when I was listening to the combine watching the quarterbacks and for a mm-hmm. little bit and I was like why am I not listening to music but I heard him say his name a couple times because he's at the beginning he starts with BA so he was like the first right. QB to go well yeah you don't but, argue with him on how he pronounces his name because his dad's like an arm wrestling champ might take you down mm-hmm. well it'll take nah, me down. like you might have a chance yeah like video game numbers at Shepard I mean mm-hmm. he absolutely crushed it he just came in I wouldn't say he had a bad combine but when you Look at what he was mm-hmm. able to accomplish. I guess I expected him to be a little more athletic, but sure. he's got good size and video game numbers, so I figured I'd throw him right there at 10. Yeah, and someone's You said you have shot. him at 10 as well? Yep. Number nine? Okay. Number nine, I have Clayton Toon. Ooh, we match How again. do you feel about Clayton Toon? I don't I, – I, for some reason, I kind of <laughs> sort of like sure. this guy. I do, but I don't. I don't know why. I mean, he's 70 he's touchdowns and 20 picks in the last two years. Right, and Houston's With always like kind of had that kind of yards. I know right. they always, always do that. That's why. But I will admit he was able to beat out uh, Derek King, who was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be starting at Houston for like four years, and he uh, got that job. I think maybe because King got hurt, but then he hung onto it. So Tune is a, a solid guy, six two and a half and two twenty. So I mean, he has the body style that you'd like to see out of a quarterback. You're not as worried about him maybe maybe getting hurt as easily potentially. Uh, but again, he's one of those players that. I could see him as a mid-round pick, like a fifth round or something like that, fourth rounder, depending on how teams want to go with it. So he's definitely worth a shot. I just don't have him higher on the list with some of the other guys I like better. At number eight, I've got Max Duggan. Hey, look at that. Duggan. Duggan. I still don't know how they say his name. Are we all are we all matched I, up here? Yeah, Duggan sounds better to me just because it sounds better. Mm-hmm. Might be Duggan, but Duggan's more fun. Yeah, just one quick line. Yeah, I feel like we've been doing like one line about each player, though. I mean, <laughs> Max is a bit of a one-year wonder to me. I mean, his first three years, well, he like, almost... nothing impressed me at all. But then last mm-hmm. year, he had solid numbers. But for some reason, when you watch the games, you're still not walking away like feeling great. But like, he's one of the mm-hmm. guys that's like, ah, he looks like a very solid QB for college football. And then once the season's over, you go back and look at the numbers and like, wait, what? He threw yeah, he... Th- he... <laughs> he threw 32 touchdowns, only turned the ball over eight times. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, it was weird because he literally lost the starting job coming into the season. Then mm-hmm. starter got hurt. He stepped up and had an amazing season. Uh, he's one of those guys that's definitely uh, – you look at him and you don't see why it works. It just works. Like he gets on the field and he makes plays. He can do stuff with his legs. He's a game he can, manager. He's a game manager, but he also can sling the ball around a bit. The problem is he's not the most accurate sling the ball around a bit, so – he again. He's a guy that you put on your team as a backup and hope something can happen. All right, number seven for me. I got Jake Ainer from Fresno State. Oh, all right. Well, I got Jake at five. I like Jake a little better than you do. Oh, okay. Well, then you can go ahead and do a little take on him then. Well, I mean, hey, look, he's the Fresno State Bulldog, so some people can knock the six foot size on him, uh, maybe. But at the same time, he's still relatively athletic. I mean, he jumped. He had a thirty five inch vertical. 
Uh, it didn't necessarily wow you in the broad jump, but I don't think anybody did outside of uh, maybe Anthony Richardson, who we'll talk about later. But Hayner just seemed like he had he had it. He had the eye test for me when he was playing the way he played. He put the ball where it needed to be. He had a solid you know senior bowl. He looked good at the combine. And again, I'm not saying he's going to walk in and be a day one starter for you. I don't think he should be. He's probably more like a third round draft pick or something like that. But he's the kind of guy that I think you can put on your team and then in a year or two, he can step into a role. Uh, and again, he's not necessarily in the top tier of quarterbacks, but he's in that next year for me, definitely. Number five for me, six for me, my bad. I'm trying to fast forward here. Number six, I'll let you do the take again because this has definitely been your guy throughout the entire process. Stetson Bennett sure. from Georgia. Yeah, he's technically he seventh for me on my list, which I realize is uh, maybe sacrilege. Whoa, but I've I'm been... higher on him than you are? Dude. Well, that's because uh, You like Hainer like... more than Bennett? I never would have guessed that. Bennett's been well, your guy the, the entire time. I like Bennett more than I like Hainer. But I think if you're doing this as an objective ranking on where they're going to go. But and these are your rankings. This isn't where they're going to go. This is who you think you look back no, but after this is, the, it's all said it, and done, who had the better career. Right. That's my point. I think Hayner's going to have a better career in the NFL than Stetson Bennett. But I'd rather have Stetson Bennett on my team if that makes sense. You know, just because nope, I feel like sure he's... sure doesn't. Okay, well, fine. He's he's small. This dude is 5'11", 192. He is smaller than everyone complaining about Bryce Young. He's a little taller than him, but he's you know a good 15 pounds lighter or whatever. Doesn't have the arms, has hands apparently, uh, but it's just the thing. It's like he's athletic for a lot more than people thought he was, and he—I mean—he ran a four-six-seven, which is relatively solid for a quarterback, all things considered. And he—he so. hit the deep ball when he was showing off in the combine. He's shown that he can make plays in big places, and I want him to succeed. I just don't know if he's going to get much of a chance to because he doesn't fit the mold of an NFL quarterback, even the the smaller molds they've made for some of these guys. So. I'm He's still bigger than Bryce, on. who could go one. <laughs> he is taller than Bryce. And he weighs more than Bryce. No, he doesn't. Bryce's Bryce playing weight isn't... Like, does <laughs> Bryce Young is not 204. He, he, he weighed in at 204? Yeah, because he had a gallon of water every 13 minutes. Stetson Bennett has a higher <laughs> playing weight than what Bryce Young does. I guarantee right, well, it. I want Stetson Bennett to succeed. I'm going to be cheering for him all the way through, but he's still seventh on my list. Go ahead. Number five, I got Hendon, old granddad Hooker from Tennessee. Yeah, he's six for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. What do you say about Hendon Hooker? I mean, it, it, he's probably gonna Other end up going in the first freaking round. <laughs> I could see a team trading back into the last couple of picks to take him to try to get the fifth year. Yeah, we covered that just to get that. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and again, but he's oh, the thing, for though, two he, years. Right. <laughs> Stop. But the uh, the thing about him, too, though, is he's 6'3", 217. So outside of the ACL tear, which obviously is a big deal, he, you seem like he could hold up with some durability. But he's got the right frame. He's got the right touch on the deep ball. One of the things you noticed when you watched him throw was he wasn't – the receivers weren't having to wait for the ball to get to them on deep throws. He put the ball where it needed to be, and he wasn't overthrowing guys as well. So I, I do like Hendon Hooker, and I think a team is going to be – if they don't reach for him, but his way, if he's if he's a second or third round draft pick, I'm okay with it. First rounder, it's, yeah, a, you, you it's also rather difficult to overthrow Jalen Hyatt, but hey, true. But he didn't underthrow him. You see that all the time with guys with 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 receivers having to slow up to try to catch a ball. Number four for me, I got Anthony Richardson. Man, I Same. feel like he's just he's just stuck there. And these guys, I mean, I don't know what we need to say about them that we haven't already said a million mm-hmm. times. Could so, be the I first mean, quarterback like, taken. He's not going to be the first quarterback no. taken. No, he's probably going to be the, he, can, he could be the he third. He won't even be the second. He could be the third. Yeah. Well, talking about the guy who might be the third, 
Okay, tell you what, I'm reading all kinds of things right now about Will Levis. First off, people love, so he's who I've got at three. People talk about him. I have him at three as well. Right, they loved it. So we got the top, the same four here, it looks like. Uh, but they were talking about him from his pro day, how he had the cannon, but how he's still a little bit erratic at times, how he just looks different from other quarterbacks. I mean, he's 6'4", 229, but he wears that 229, 230 like he's a freaking comic book. He's not quite the same, you know, ridiculousness as Anthony Richardson, but he's close, which is interesting that those two are, you know, being compared that way. But I'm seeing people mock him anywhere from, you know, one, right, to – I saw one where he was like 18 because somebody traded up to get him. Yeah. And it's just it's DJ. crazy. D- Daniel Jeremiah gave him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, well, you'd be okay with that. I would be okay with that, but he said that probably won't happen. He was just having no. – so he, he intentionally did a mock where he wanted to see what it would look like if one of the quarterbacks – Slid on draft day because let's be honest, sure. one of them may. It could. And that's just I don't the route he took. I don't think it will either. But yeah, Will Levis. I mean, he's he's got a cannon. I mean, he's he's very very athletic. Um, people are just worried about the mechanics. But I know Houston. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there's a little bit of buzz because Houston was meeting with him secretly. Um, uh-huh. I don't. I feel like that was intentionally to get out as a secret. That sounds mm-hmm. like one of those things where Houston goes, hey, we're going to go meet with them and not tell anybody, but if anybody in here wants to let that news slip, that'd be right. greatly appreciated. Don't tell anybody. Just to gen- yeah, just to generate some buzz. But anyhow, sure. so then number two, number Ooh. two, I got uh, the teenager here at, at number two, Bryce Young. Uh-huh. Well, okay, so we do, we do flip-flop there. I still have Bryce Young ahead of Stroud, but go ahead. No. Well, Bryce Young's got <laughs> – he's the most accurate quarterback in this draft. Yep, and if I really believed his playing weight could even be in the mid one nineties, and if I really believed he was five ten, I'd put him at one. Okay, five ten, I think is legit. I don't believe. I think the five ten is legit. It can't be. Well, they measure him at the combine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The playing weight thing, I'll give you. I'll give you that might be a bit of a debate because again, the the joke we had was he didn't do any of the drills at the combine because he was still sloshing around those five gallons of water, but still. Yeah. Why do you have Stroud at number one? Go ahead. Yeah, I just I have Stroud at number one. I mean, when you look at the production between the two, actually, I'm going to pull it up. I mean, the production's very, very similar. Stroud's mm-hmm. just a lot bigger, um, height and weight wise. Um, what's that? Less mobile. I see, and I don't buy that at all. I think he's more mobile than Bryce Young. I think he's actually significantly more mobile than Bryce I Young. The only problem is, is he just didn't use that in his game. He did in a couple, and you saw it in Georgia. But you know, he even has mm. he spoke to that. Like it's a it's something that he can, I guess, unlock or unleash, if mm-hmm. you will, later in his career. But um, it just cracks so me I up. Though. You... Like pe- people say that Ohio State, yeah, they all throw up great numbers. It's all a system, system quarterbacks. And I'm like, okay, but the same thing happens in Alabama. Right. So why is everybody getting fussed if Stroud's over Young? I mean, Young's more accurate. That's all there is mm-hmm. to it. I just I'm not buying. I'm not rolling the dice or gambling on his size. That's that's right. why I have him at two. Admittedly, Stroud, the reason why I've got him at two is because outside of the Georgia game, he did show that he couldn't handle the big moments against at least against Michigan. Two years in a row, sure. he well, couldn't let's not handle forget, it against Michigan. Neither one of us are high on any of these quarterbacks. Well, admittedly, and that's the thing we're talking about. Like, uh, there's a couple guys next year we probably put ahead of all these guys. So that's part of the fun. Oh yeah, uh, with figuring all this stuff out. But teams got to take a quarterback at some point. And I will admit, I don't think anyone's going to be upset. Uh, with the as far as what they're going to get out of Stroud or Young, I really do think it's Stroud and Young in one tier, Levis and and Richardson, I guess, in another tier, and then everybody else is kind of a mishmash after that. Yeah, 
I the only thing and, I would and, say is I I would not know that I would put Levis and Richardson in the same tier. I put the, I, right. basically you got tier Let's one with that. the top two, mm-hmm. then you got Levis, then you got Richardson. To me, yeah, I can I can agree with that because again Richardson for as much as he's crazy athletic and we kind of glossed over the take on him, we just talk about it. dude can't hit the broad side of a barn yet. He could if develop somebody it. can teach him to throw, then he's the best <laughs> one in it. He needs to put in a phone call to whoever to Josh Allen and be like, dude, who did you talk to? Help me out. Because that mm-hmm. seems like the best uh, best path for him. So that's the quarterbacks out of the way. Want to go running backs next? Sure do. All right. Well, we all know who number one's going to be. So let's start at the other end with twelve. Who's twelve for you? Uh, twelve. I have a little fella. I got. I have. I have Keaton Mitchell. So do I. He's a guy that you and I were both both high on from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I think after the post combine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Was it after the combine? It's when I'm trying to imagine when it seemed like he started to generate some more buzz. But right. Well, people saw how fast he was. Yeah, and I saw how fast he was too on tape. I didn't need to know his forty right, time, exactly. but then you also look at the Same. fact that he's averaging like seven yards a pop for the past two years and rushed mm-hmm. for like twenty five hundred yards and shows that he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's a smaller guy, knock. but he can do yeah. it all. Exactly. The only real knock is the size. And again, the big thing we noticed too when you looked at his ten yard split at uh, one four eight in the combine. That's the thing. You see that on tape as well. He he is so quick with those first ten yards. He's just through a hole like nothing. And so that's gonna really pay dividends for him at the next level. What about eleven? Eleven. I got. It's kind of a sneaky pick. Okay. So it's a guy who doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. I mean, I don't mind it when the running backs kind of look like the one year wonder, but. It's Eric Gray <laughs> out of Oklahoma. Okay. I actually really, really like this guy. Like, he could probably move up mm-hmm. my board. We'll see by the time the draft rolls around. But he started out at Tennessee, transferred to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, he rushed for almost 1,400 and double-digit touchdowns, showed that he can right. catch the ball. I mean, I I like him quite a bit, and he's got solid size. He's kind of got that, you know, caught with running backs, I'm a sucker for that, like that Barry Sanders, Doug right. Martin, Maurice Jones, Drew, like look. I mean, he's They're he's five really nine, though. he's five nine, some change in two oh seven. So he's kind of mm-hmm. got that vibe to him. I I, just, I like it. I'm a fan sure. of him. He might move, he could move up two or three spots by the time the draft rolls around. Because the next right. three guys, I don't know. We'll get there. Go ahead. Who you got at eleven? I'll tell you at eleven. I got Chase Brown from uh, Illinois. Now, obviously, we Ooh, got like him at his thirteen. Brother a little bit better. There you go. I got the great fourteen. So, oh, that's what I'm saying. The back half of these running backs can just slide all over the place. And the big thing about Chase Brown is, again, same thing. Five nine and a half, two oh nine, bigger back in that sense of the more solid, compact sort of dude. Also ran a four four three, so he's fast to go along with it. And he produced at a high level uh, through a lot of carries at, uh, at Illinois this year. And so, again, how much wear and tear is on him is another question, but he's proven that he can move the football. And uh, he was a very good back. I don't think he's getting a whole lot of love right now. He's a guy that I think you can get later in the rounds, like maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round, and really be happy about it. He, he's a guy that could uh, could make like, a, you know, like our boy from, uh, from the Texans and jump up and Pierce start like he did uh, from a later round pick. All right, 10 for me. 10 is a guy that, I don't know, I'm curious to see where he's at on your list because I seem to be lower on him than, than I guess, almost anybody out, hmm. out there putting any type of rankings out or anybody we know in a way, but Tank Bigsby. He doesn't play, he didn't play bad either. Uh, he, didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't play all that bad, but, I mean, I, he, I, here's the thing, live <laughs> reaction. I yep. think I like Eric Gray and Keaton Mitchell both better than Tank Bigsby. I just felt like I was disrespecting him by putting him all the way down at 10, let alone sure. 12. 
Yeah, and I think I got to look at Gray's tape again to see how it matches up. But again, Bigsby's not bad. Six foot two ten. He's you know exactly what you want out of a running back. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but four five six isn't terrible. But again, like you said, kind of a shoulder shrug with him. He could be great, but he doesn't really seem like he's going to be. I just moved him down. He's at twelve. There you go then. <laughs> My rankings right. have changed on the show. Well, uh, ten for me. I've got Tajay Spears, oh, yeah. who is another guy that might move up uh, for me as I look at more of this stuff again. Five ten two oh one. Oh, see, there you go. Maybe I do need to look at him again if you got him higher. Uh, go ahead, talk about Tajay Spears then. I will in about four more pick or four oh, more. Oh, all spots. right, all right. Well, let's shelve him for let's now. Go to move, nine. Yeah, put him on the shelf. You're Number nine. Shelf. Number nine, I got a, I got another little fella here who's like a little <laughs> lightning in a bottle, if you will. Uh, okay. Devin A-Shane, I'd always mess his name up from Texas A&M. Yeah. He's eight for it's me. Def, it's definitely not Deshani. Ashanti? Yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say that sounds like a Murder, Inc. Records person. I mean, if they're going to sign him. I mean, hey, he's about the size of Jaw Rule. <laughs> But anyhow, right. back on track, back on track. So I I don't know. Like he he's a, just an electric fast guy. Oh, yeah. I mean he Screw did it. he did break a thousand once. Um, definitely mm-hmm. can get it done in the air. I feel mm-hmm. like so he, I I'm lower on him and the next guy. I'll cheat. I'll just say this and the next guy I like significantly more. I don't know why. He just has the it factor <laughs> if you ask me. But mm-hmm. so eight I got Deuce Vaughn. Nine yep. I have Devin A Chain. That's seven um, and eight I for put, me. So yeah. I put them both down there just because there's no world where they can be a feature back. True. I'll give you that. Like, there's no world where they – so if someone – if there's the tiebreaker is could this be a feature running back? <laughs> and there's no way either one of them can. So that's why I was saying Eric Gray could potentially even jump both of them. Sure. But – because he could be a feature back in my mind. Yeah. But – and Eric Gray may jump H-in. He might. But Deuce Vaughn, actually, I said Devin A. Chain's lightning in a bottle. Deuce Vaughn is lightning in a bottle. <laughs> Watching him yeah. play, I'm going I'm to take the low-hanging fruit. I mm-hmm. swear to you, he is Darren Sproles, and everybody <laughs> says that, but it is. Yeah. Like, that's exactly guy. what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And again, he's 5'5", 175. So he, he's basically a mini Barry Sanders. When well, you look Barry, at like, Barry size. was bigger than that. That's my point. Barry was like 5'8", 205 or whatever. And but you if you shrink it down, it's about what you'd think. I mean, he's pretty. He's he's a compact little he's spark plug. Spark plug. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I just okay. So you got to catch up though, because now now I'm ahead of you. No, no, you're good. That wasn't my number eight and seven was uh, it was uh, Devin and Deuce. So what do you got for six or seven? Wherever you're at. Seven, seven. Okay, seven. So this is where it starts to change for me because my top seven. I really like all of these guys, mm-hmm. but seven, don't need a huge take on them. Go back and listen to everything we did throughout the entire season. Israel <laughs> Abanaconda. Yeah, he's six for me, sure. I, I like Israel Abanaconda a mm-hmm. lot. I wish I could have seen him do some drills at the Combine, so maybe yep. there's a world where I would have moved him up, and maybe I do. Forgive me if Pittsburgh's pro day has happened already, but <laughs> um, I'd be curious to see what some of the, the non-hype weight like arm length hand size measurables are on him so mm-hmm. for now he's so they are on the 29th okay so, so that's one out. i'll be looking forward to mm-hmm. definitely actually i'll All be right, looking six. to uh, six for me is uh tajay spears oh, so yeah. this is All my right, guy go ahead. go ahead tajay spears just just go watch what he did to usc <laughs> yes true i'll give you that like uh, 
the, that game wasn't a fluke, and that I mean, he plays for Tulane Green Wave. So here's the thing: I spent the whole season watching him, going, "Wow, this guy looks different." He has he has a bit of that it factor, not an it factor like some of the guys above him, right. but he's got the it factor to me. But I was like, it is Tulane though, so like of course if you got a running back who's really good in in, in this conference, he's gonna look different. What mm-hmm. is he gonna do on a bigger stage? And then here comes USC, you know, a team that you know was competing for potential playoff spots. You know what I mean? Right. He just torched them. Absolutely mm-hmm. torched them. They had no answer for him. Granted, USC's defense is just atrocious. But didn't we watch this game together? <laughs> uh, no, we didn't watch this mm-hmm. game together. We watched. Uh, we watched, we might watch part of that game together. I can't remember if we did or not. But I definitely Either remember way. both of us being very pleased with one that Taji did what he did, and two that Tulane beat USC because it's always fun when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. So I, I like him a lot at six, and sure. so that says a lot about the next five guys to me because I really like. Ty J Spears, and here's the thing: I don't know where he's gonna go, but mm-hmm. goodness, if he if he go, could you imagine if he goes like round four? Like everybody oh, knows who one is. So let's just say, right. would you rather have John Robinson, who's the clear cut number one for both of mm-hmm. us? Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, would you rather have Bajan, and even if it's the back end of the first round, would you rather mm-hmm. have him there or take a Ty J Spears, even if it was a third round? Yeah, Spears. It's, Easily. Yeah. It's it's positional, it's positional, you know, waiting and stuff like that. And here's what I will say. Uh he had uh, obviously his biggest year was this past year. You know who else liked Tajay Spears? Who's that? Pro football focus. Give him a ninety. Did they really? Yeah, they're finally catching on to you. PFF <laughs> and I aligning once again. Crazy. That's how you know it's a good idea. All right, he got a five. Uh five? I I'll let. I mean, this is a guy you you were high on the entire season. We both were, but you always talked about him because you love the little small school love. Right. But uh, the Blazers, man, Dwayne McBride. Ooh, we could. Um, and everybody's high. Everybody's high. Five. Him. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about yeah. him. The one the one thing they haven't had him do. And I'm not going to say he can't do it. He just hasn't done it yet. Is catch the ball. They they literally. I don't think they threw the ball to him more than like five times when he was at uh, UAB. But he's 5'10", 209, and an absolute wrecking ball at that size. Like, I don't know how a man who's under, like, 220 or 230 just does what he does, but he he just gets yards. He just racks them up. Like, and again, mind you, yes, he's playing in Conference USA. He's obviously at a smaller school, but he gets the job done. Every time you put the ball in his hands, he's going to get you five yards. Somehow. It's going to happen. Love him. So the thing about Dwayne McBride and the next guy here is mm-hmm. just like Israel of Anaconda, really looking forward to if there's a pro day so I can get some right. better idea of what type of athleticism they have outside of what I see on tape, see if it right. backs it up. But number four for me, Kendra Miller. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got him at four. You do. So yep. we're going to have pretty much the exact same top five. And eventually Whee! we'll have the same top six once you come around on time. Ah, possibly. We'll see. But, I, I, yeah, again, this is one you could go back and listen to any episode we did throughout the entire season. I think just about every show post-Saturday, I was talking about Kendra Miller mm-hmm. and Quentin Johnston. There you go. Both All these right, guys so TCU were just killer is, there. Oof. Yeah, TCU's on the 30th, so that's Thursday. Okay, so I got a Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back getting a little bit of answers about these running backs. This is, this is going to be the week for you, man, and for me. But, uh, yeah, I 
don't know about UABs yet. I'll have to look. Oh, UAB already had there, so we'll have to take a peek in there and see if we can find some of those numbers. So again, apologies. Look, we're being honest with you. We, we check as much as we can, but we don't have all the data in front of us. Who do you got at number three? Number three, I got Charbonnet, ex-Michigan mm-hmm. Wolverine. Tell you what, he made the right choice for himself. Michigan would have loved to have had him, especially with the injury this year. Uh, but he uh, he's just been solid since he didn't do a ton of Michigan. But at UCLA, man, they've used him and used him well. Six foot two, fourteen, and just again another player who isn't necessarily overly flashy, but just really solid. He's definitely a step below, I think, that the two guys above him, just because I don't remember if he was amazing at catching the ball out of the backfield stuff like that but at six foot two fourteen, yeah, he's he's this solid is a guy who can drop a hammer yeah okay so there you go I mean, he, that's my point so he can do it he, uh, he's not you know he's not a uh, deuce vaughn or anybody like that right. but yeah he can absolutely grab the ball out of the backfield sure and so again he's another player that uh, i think both of us really like the reason why i might you might take charbonnet over miller is because charbonnet hasn't gotten hurt and miller did uh but other than that i mean those two guys are both kind of two peas in a pod in my opinion yeah, I just when you when you look at the two, the tiebreaker for me was with Kendra Miller. He's got solid size for sure. He's five eleven, yeah. two fifteen, very very solid. He's actually more compact than Charbonnet, but by, by the, the, the the problem is, is it just doesn't seem that way. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch Charbonnet, he just feels like he's got a bit of a hammer to him. You know what right. I mean? And it's like it's almost like he plays bigger than what he is. I mean, I understand at six foot, mm-hmm. he's rather tall compared to some of these guys, but <laughs> he has the same weight as some of these guys, and he's taller, right. so he should be thinner. I don't know. Just it's mm-hmm. weird watching him. He he plays differently than what it, he, it looks like he should. But number two, number thing. one, everybody's got him. Jameer Gibbs is at two, and Bajan Robinson's at one. I mean, it is yep. what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't really – you can try to – I'd say you can try to argue it, but you really can't. I mean, Bajan Robinson did everything everybody asked for. The question was, could he run fast? Could he run a decent time? And he ran a four four six. So that puts ahead all the questions of, is he slow or whatever? And then Jameer Gibbs shows that he can catch the ball to the backfield. He shows that he can run well. He's fast at a four three six forty. He's almost up there with, you know, the, the A-chain and uh, Mitchell and all those guys. And so, yeah. And Jameer Gibbs quietly is the second best running back in this in this class, which is funny to say that about a, a, a member of Alabama. But I don't feel like he's gotten the same buzz that other Alabama running backs has have. And it's been worked out in his favor, in my opinion. So, again, Jameer Gibbs, two, Bijan Robinson, one. Robinson will probably go in the first round. Uh, but, again, like we talked about, we'd probably both rather have Spears in the third or the fourth than uh, Robinson in the first just because of what you can do with those picks. All right, let's hit up uh, the wide receivers, and then we'll move uh, to a little bit of a beer conversation, and we can finish off with guys on the line. So, full disclosure on wide receivers. One, I cheated. I got three oh. guys at 12. <laughs> I'm taking after you. And I could easily have another six. So wide receiver to me is 20 deep right now when you look at guys who can contribute. Not all in the same bunch, obviously, but this wide receiver class more than any other I think that I've seen recently, there's no – I think there's one or two guys that are way up there in a lot of people's minds, and those people are different. And then there's just a cluster of players. So you could easily get the same value from a wide receiver in the fourth round as the second round, depending on what you're looking for for your team. So should be a lot of fun. Let's start with who you have at 12, and then I'll tell you who the three people are I have at 12. <laughs> so I feel good about the person I have at 12, but I'll say I'll just do two near misses for me. Okay. To me, so you the, didn't the, say I, gotcha. the, there were 14 people 
that mm-hmm. I liked a fair amount. And then after that, there's several more that I like, but just not as much as these ones. Sure. But the two that just missed it, who for some reason I, I like and I can't really figure out why. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13, I have Charlie Jones from Purdue. And then 14, okay. I have Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So they, they just missed it. But uh, number 12 for me is Trey Palmer, Nebraska. Um, super quick guy with solid size. Uh, and I, I love the what you see from him on tape. You know, sure. he, he just looks solid, and I feel like he's going to be one of the guys. Like, it, it, 12's where he belongs. He doesn't deserve to be really be higher fast. than that. But I feel like when we look back, this could be one of those guys where the whole world goes, why does – I don't understand why he's that fast, plays solid, but there's zero excitement <laughs> mm-hmm. about him. Like even if, even if you told me like, hey, would you be happy if Detroit got Trey Palmer in the fourth? I'd be like, nah. You know what I mean? Right. But and it's interesting look, if you look back a few years from now, he, I just feel like he's that guy. Where I was like, right. where, where, why did we miss that? <laughs> when he's a guy, he's just outside of my top, you know, twelve that we're looking at here. And I think part of it's because I need to watch him a little bit more. I mean, he was at LSU, then he transferred to Nebraska, and that's not usually a move you make as a wide receiver, but it worked out for him. And again, he showed off the speed of the combine run of four three three. There's no doubt about that. So my three that I kind of all packed into the twelve spot is uh it's some guys you may actually have ranked. We'll see what happens. Probably higher than I, I have them right now. But Tyler Scott, Andre Sobius, and Zachary Franklin. Sorry, not just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Xavier Hutchinson. Those are the three guys that I got sitting at 12. And again, I think a lot so of people are higher on Hutchinson than I am. To who? So disrespectful. To which one? To all of them? To, well, <laughs> well, except for Tyler Scott. I have Scott at 15. So if I did okay, the, gotcha. the three that missed the top 12, Tyler Scott's 15. Go. But two of those guys right, broke so. my heart on. Oh, really? Okay. So you have to talk about Andre and Xavier a little later on then. Who do you got at 11? Well, both. Well, maybe you had three of those guys. 11. Uh, 11, I have your guy. Who everybody on planet Earth has got him ranked higher than me. Well, I don't know. We're on the same page. What are we talking about? Very solid production. I just don't know how it's going to translate to the NFL all that well. I got Josh Downs at 11. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're a liar. That's wrong. Talk about disrespect. It's not wrong. Dis- it's not wrong. Respect. Disrespect. He's 171 pounds. How often is that going to How is that going <laughs> to work I was about out? to say you're 171 pounds. When was the last time you were 171 pounds? I think I was about eight. Fair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Yes, he is small, but he's product. He, he shows production. He gets where he needs to get, and he can make catches, man. I get I get that, but, you know, he's also had two really solid quarterbacks there, too. Okay, sure, and we'd like to think that most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are better than the ones in college. So wherever he ends up, he should the have a guy throwing it is both in. those co- One of those quarterbacks is already in the NFL, and we liked him a lot last year con- considering who was available. And then right. the other guy who's there right now, we think is better than every quarterback in this draft and probably the best quarterback in next year's draft. Quite possibly. My point being, stop hating on Josh Downs. That dude put up serious numbers two years in a row. So he at least took advantage of the opportunity. And he's not like a Stanford boy, right? So, all right. For we'll 11 see. for me is uh, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. And he's a six foot two inch, 220 pound just bruiser who can find ways to get open. Uh, he had an amazing vertical, jumping almost 40 inches, and uh, still running a 4.46. So big boy with a lot of speed and a lot of height. He reminds me a lot of DK Metcalf when he came out. So Jonathan Mingo is a guy that I have highlighted because he, I have him currently at 23, and I have Whoops. him highlighted because I like him, but I just can't uh-huh. find a reason to move him up. Oh, you're a jerk. That's why. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> number 10 for me, I have Jalen Hyatt. Oh, more disrespect. Okay. 
You just yeah. think he can only run one route. That's the problem. I think he can only run one, run one route. I uh-huh. also think there's no way in the world is he actually 196 pounds because he looks <laughs> like a skeleton too. You and, and your body baby hands. He has baby hands. And a wide yeah, receiver. Yes. He does have small hands. Can, well, you yeah. know who else has baby hands? Your ninja has baby hands. So we'll get to him later. Mm-hmm. He sure does. Ten for me. Ten for me is Charlie Jones. Uh, and again, we talked about you to mention him earlier. He's a guy who definitely bet on himself. He went from Iowa to to Purdue and showed that he can actually catch the ball when they throw it more than five times a game. Uh, again, at 5'11", 175, he's not the biggest guy, but he's another slot receiver who finds ways to get open. So definitely curious to see uh, who gets a hold of him and what they do with him when he gets the chance. He's got baby hands too. You're a, you you're a baby hands. Yeah, well, just saying. Baby hands. <laughs> uh, all right, number nine for me, Dan, and this guy. Man, I don't mm-hmm. know if this school even has a pro day. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm t- he's probably gonna move it up my move up my list quite a bit, mm-hmm. and just blindly. Um, you know, I have been high in this guy the entire season, but I literally right. know nothing. I don't even know how tall he actually is because he wasn't even invited <laughs> to the combine. But, mm-hmm. dude, when I watched the film of Zakari Franklin, mm-hmm. I would say supposedly like, he's six one one eighty five. You and I had the conversation off air there's only four wide receivers in this entire draft where i watch the tape and i think they have the it factor Mm -hmm. and he's one of the four the other three are to come in but if i get some more you know defined measurables for Mm zakari franklin and it backs up what i see he's a guy that i think is a super sleeper pick right and again the the word on at least how he's listed at the school is 61185 so that's what we have to work with right now. Usually they don't put, you know, they don't cut weight on those guys. So that's the question for him is can he get is he a little bit thicker than that or can he get a little thicker than that and play it that way? And again, you think on a 6-1 frame you can do that, but we also have a 6-1 corner that's 160 pounds. So what are you going to do, right? All right. Uh, he's 9 for me as well. 8 for me is the man you disrespected earlier, Jalen Hyatt, because yes, you might think he can Oof. only run one fly route from the seam, but he showed in his tape if you watched it that he can do a lot of different things too, where he can come around on a jet sweep. He can do drag routes over the middle. This, he is definitely a slot receiver, but he's a very good slot receiver, and you should stop hating on him. Who do you got at seven? Or eight? Where you uh, at? I'm at eight. Eight is a guy that is interesting because he's got m- many baby hands. <laughs> and again, explain so, for everybody what baby hands are for you, by the way. Baby hands to me are nine inches and below but if you're below okay so mm-hmm. i would say baby hands would be nine to nine and a half if you're under nine you're then you got like mini baby hands you tell me i have baby hands yes if you were Rude. a wide receiver i would tell you you have baby hands but i'd also say considering it. you're like five nine then for your height then no you, your hands are okay but i'm a sucker <laughs> for everybody who's at like nine and three quarters and up when it comes mm-hmm. to a wide receiver Fair. Or above so nine like, and what, a half, two? I would say. <laughs> two or three this year? Well, he might, the, <laughs> and I think it's part of the reason I have Jonathan Mingo highlighted, because he's fast, he's big, <laughs> he he's got hands. big hands. Yes, huge mm-hmm. fan. Like, it all, like, and it usually pans out, like when the rest of the world was down on uh, uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. had 10-inch or bigger hands. And I was well, like, and let's talk about he hand size. It. He's got grit. Hand size is open your hand up, go pinky to thumb, so... Do that for your measurement if you're curious about whether or not you measure up to some of these guys we're talking about here. Yeah, I'm 5'10", and I got bigger hands than everybody in this draft except for Mingo. There's yeah, a couple that have, are tied with me. 
Strange hands is what you have. Strange yes. hands. All right, Anyhow. well, hand hater, who you got next? Next is I got another mini baby hand guy that the world loves more than I do. And actually, this guy, I put him at seven just because I did not want him in my top six because I don't think he deserves to be there. <laughs> All I right. Think, I think Zakari Franklin's better for sure. Okay. So I'm already going to move Franklin up, but it's Jordan Addison. Wow. Just the, the, the disrespect is just all He's a great place. route runner. I will give him that. He's a he great route runner. He won the Blitnikoff last year. He, he was sure the best receiver in college football last year. You t- just because he has who? small hands, he can still catch the ball, according to literally the people who vote on that stuff. He's got small hands. He's got You have okay, a small brain. He's got okay height, and I think he actually weighs less than Josh Downs. Admittedly, he's, eh, he's, yeah, he's about the he's same. He's got two he's pounds on him, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's 173. I'm not betting yes. on that. And at 5'11", 173, like you're still running basically a 4-5-40 with and mini baby somehow, hands. I'm out. I'm out. And somehow he gets open and catches the ball. So I'm going to take him out of my top 12. I'm angry. You're a jerk. Well, it's just because everybody's <laughs> like, oh, he could be the best one in it. I'm like, what are you? What tape are you like? What are you watching? Yeah, I've got him higher than you do, but I'm not going to go into best you know, receiver territory with that. That's ridiculous. At seven, I have Josh Downs, who you hated on earlier, too. So this mm-hmm. is basically turning out, I think, we've, we've lined up on a lot on a lot of our rankings, but it looks like we're going to fight over wide receivers, and that makes me happy. Because I'm going to have so much fun rubbing it in your face next year. It's going to be great. Although, admittedly, you did win the last wide receiver. I always bet, win the wide receiver bets. That was I've never lost. I had nothing to do with that. Remember well, when yeah, I bet on Debo Samuel? Yeah, admittedly. Remember yeah, when choice, I yeah. bet on Cooper Cup? Yeah, that was a good choice too. But I, I didn't I argue won with you bets on, those on. Oh yeah, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, uh, Christian Watt. I always mm. win the wide receiver bets. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I won a bet on have, that one too. We're gonna have a bet that looks like coming up in the draft this year between you and me for funsies on the uh, wide receivers. But let's continue to roll through. I might even all the rankings. I might even be as bold to say I'll pick a, a wide receiver that everybody else is lower on than me. And say he'll just, be better than cuts. your whole field of Oompa Loompas. Stop it. Stop the whole it with field. the hand hatred. You and your body shaming. All right, who's at six? Let's move forward. Six is a guy you disrespected earlier, and you thought it was the, the Sovis. But no, the guys that you were disrespecting that I like were Zakari mm-hmm. Franklin and Xavier Hutchinson. So okay, I, have, I have Xavier Hutchinson at six. And I just wasn't that impressed with his tape, man. Go ahead, explain to me why I'm wrong. Uh, I just I I like the aggressiveness in his game. I guess he's not a guy that I'm gonna make a bet with you on, but sure. he's not like electric fast. He plays faster than what he is, and he he mm-hmm. I don't know. He just plays very aggressive with the ball. Like he goes and gets the ball as soon as he gets mm-hmm. the ball. He's like he's very decisive. He knows exactly. There's no hesitation in his game. Mm-hmm. Like it's all instinctual. I don't know. I'm a fan. He is also six foot two and has the same size hands as me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there mm-hmm. for you. All right. Six yeah. for me is a guy that you probably have a little higher. Uh, so don't hate too much. But and his hands are a full inch bigger than all your Loompa Loompa squad. Who are we talking? Oh, we're talking about uh, Hutchinson's Hutchinson? hands may no. be the same as yours, but they're still a full inch bigger. Half an inch tops. Nobody has eight and three eighths inch hands coming in here right now. Uh, it just no stop. All right, uh, well, six for me eight though. And three quarters. So. That's not. That's more than three eighths, dude. Come on now. So, so that's, that's that's three more eighths. 
<laughs> All right, six for me is A.T. Perry. Uh, I'm guessing you probably have him five, four, something like that. We both like him probably more than a lot of other people do uh, because, again, he's six, three and a quarter. The head limit is six, five, but so six, three and a quarter, 200 pounds. So there's a little bit of space you can work with the frame, but at four, four, seven, had an 11 foot, one inch broad jump, and he still has a 35 inch vertical. So he isn't quite the vertical as some of these other guys, but shows that he's athletic. He's got some frame to work with. He's just your typical big receiver who can make plays. And I like him uh, almost. He just We watched him in the combine uh, doing his 40, and he just looked not together. We both watched him. He just looked like he was effortless, like he wasn't even pushing to go the yeah. speed that he went. Every, everything you just said. I mean, I, I okay. We at least talked agree about, on one guy. <laughs> I talked about him throughout the season as well, and I was like, dude, I, like I remember there was a time where Pro Football Focus had – Hartman is like the top graded QB. I'm like, that's only because A.T. Perry's saving him half the time, and he doesn't even yeah, throw fair. the ball to him a lot. Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. But anyhow, mm-hmm. I digress. But all right, so here, here's a here guy I, I'm, I'm willing to bet on. Okay, this is at six or five, five, right? This is four for me. Five is A.T. Perry. So you called. Okay, oh, gotcha. do you want to do your five? Were you on five? Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give my five because you're gonna get mad. Go ahead. Oh, I already did my five, A.T. Perry, so you go. I'm not going to do my four before you do your five. Well, I think because your four might be my five. Uh, That's Rashi Rice. Yes. Okay, cool. Go ahead. You want to talk about him more than I do. Go ahead. Obviously, we know that usually I like to make the bets based on where they go, Mm -hmm. not with some of these guys. I think I'd be willing to make the bet I don't care where he goes. (laughs) But I I would say that Rashi Rice is going to have a much better – First year, probably better career, yeah, I'd bet that either way, than Addison, Hyatt, Downs, all three of those guys. <laughs> he's super athletic. And, There's no doubt about that. Dude, he, but he's not even that fast. He ran a 4 5 one forty. Granted, his 10-yard split was electric. Mm-hmm. electric. And his vertical like, was electric, and his broad jump was incredibly solid. Yes, and he, you want to talk about everything I said about Xavier Hutchinson, take that and multiply it by about 35. <laughs> Raji Rice just go, he goes up, he gets the ball mm-hmm. like just like a man. He's one of your eye test guys. Dude, he's got the it factor for sure. Like I said, he mm-hmm. he's this he's one of the the four. So now I got Zakari Franklin sure. and Raji Rice, but if Zakari would be fourth on the list. Raji Rice, man, it'd be tough figuring out where <laughs> he fits with the other two. The other the three it factor wide receivers. Mm-hmm. All fantastic, but I, I put it this way. I think there's a world where when this draft is done, he could be the best wide receiver in the whole thing. It's a possibility. Sure. I'm not going to argue that with you. And you I, I don't feel bets, bad I'm about saying that. Him. Right. I like him too. Obviously not quite as much as you and not quite as much as I like Jordan Addison because he's at four for me, but uh, I don't want you to you know have steam come Come on, Rice versus Addison. Let's go. Hmm. Let me think about that. I'm done. I I'm, feel so <laughs> confident in it. There's no hesitation. I'm going to wait until I see who drafts him. Then Don't even care. Try. I'll still do it. <laughs> no, it's mostly because I'm worried about where Addison's going to go. And depending on what quarterback he has thrown to him, it might make a difference. But, yeah. All right. So, for our guy Addison, who do you have? Oh, are you suggesting Addison can't do it unless he just follows a quarterback and transfers from team to where there's a great quarterback there? And I'm suggesting that there's certain quarterbacks uh, I wouldn't bet anybody with. I would bet Raji Rice with anyone. Okay, well, that's, how about you bet Raji Rice with Sam Darnold out there in San Francisco? You can do it. I'm done. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, number three for me, another Dude, first off, guy. You'd be, you'd be ecstatic if Rice ended up in San Francisco if you didn't go yes. to you know, like, dude, New England Dude, think Detroit. about it. Think about it, dude. I, it, yeah. it, 
the wide receivers that would be there are two of the guys that I've been pounding the table. Debo's <laughs> there. He's another guy I want right. to bet on. If Rice and Debo mm. are together, nuts. Yeah, that's fun. I like it. <laughs> All right, here's I number three. Like it. Number three for me, Zay Flowers. It factor. Same. I've talked about him a ton, mm-hmm. so we can just move right on. He, yep, he's. I agree. He's I'm a, converted. <laughs> he just is when he gets the ball in his hand. He's just he's awesome. He can make and again another happen. guy who's not yeah another guy who's not that big, but he doesn't matter for him. But the thing is though is look at it though when you're you're looking at like a Jalen Hyatt who doesn't look like he weighs that much or like a Josh mm-hmm. Downs. He's five nine, one seventy one, right? Right. Well, Zay Flowers is also 5'9", but he's got like 11 pounds on him. Sure. Yeah. That 11 makes, that more makes pounds on a 5'9 frame, like, okay, he can take he can take some some hurt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But number two for me, there's been a change here. I think there's been a change Ooh. for both of us. Potentially. Um, Quentin Johnson's now at number two. Yep, same. I have officially swallowed my pride. I've talked a ton about Quentin Johnson, so we'll just go to one. Wait, 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 offici- wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to tell me you have two Buckeyes at the top of your two position groups to start off today? Two of the three we talked about, yeah. How does quarterback that make you feel? I said I swallowed my pride. I'm eating crow. <laughs> but the thing is, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, who is one of the guys I just talked about several times? I, I won the bet on Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. When as soon as Smith and Jigba gets the ball in his hand, I've said this many times, so I won't do it too much. But he looks like a running back, and he reminds me mm-hmm. a lot of Debo. His yeah. shiftiness and the angles and the agility mm-hmm. that he has, I just it's it's awesome. Yep, and he ran a four five in his pro day, right? So I mean, and then he's and then you the speed, and yeah, and the then quickness. you just look at it from this standpoint, though. Like I understand mm-hmm. he didn't do like anything last year, but Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both had great rookie years. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind that two years ago, Smith and Jigbo was better than both of them. So right. his floor is either one of them at this point. The only That's number one. And he is. He's number one for me, too. The only fear I have is he had a hamstring issue that lingered for a season instead of a game or two. Did That's it? my big concern. Did now, again, it or maybe, did everybody? Okay, or look did it. he just bail yeah. on it because he decided he wanted to just wait for the, the draft? Nailed it. Nailed it. Maybe. Yeah, but again, still, my concern is that there's that durability question going forward. And so as long as he stays healthy, he is the best receiver in this draft as much as we both maybe like Q better as far as like as like you should get a better vibe from him maybe. But Ninja's just so quick. He's so athletic. He oh, he's the other hit exactly factor, what you need. Yeah, he he's does. the other and hit factor. I'd love for him not to because he's a buck and it annoys me. But he does. He's just flat out that good. And with that note... But I will say uh, this, Raji Rice seems to be my guy. Yeah. And again, uh, I'm not going to bet you, you know, Jackson and, and Raji, but we'll see what happens. On that note, I think it's... Hold on. What if, what, hold on. What, if, what if we did a double bet? Oh, jeez. What if... Okay. What if you took... People listening on. to this don't understand the history that JP and I have on bets. What the history is, is it's like 80-20, you win the bets. So I'm really yes. hesitant to do double bets where I'm double going to get my butt kicked. But I'll take Raji Rice and Xavier Hutchinson, and you can have Addison, Hyatt, and Downs. That's a weird combo. My two guys are going to put up it? better stats than all three of your oh, guys together. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Done. Hey. We got it. We put it on a podcast. It means it's it's law now. So... 
We'll see what happens. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm i really hoping nobody's hurt now. I'm we'll trying see. to get the odds in your favor just to get you to do a bet. I'll take it. So I'll the odds it. are definitely with you, and I'm still willing to do it. Well, let me tell you where the odds are usually in your favor. It's drinking a Big Lake beer. And again, they are not paying us to say this. We just like their beer. I have got myself here as we do our little beer break, a double fudgy oatmeal stout. This guy is it's an 11 percenter, so we'll see where I'm at by the end of this thing. Uh, but it's uh, double oatmeal stout. It's got vanilla, lactose, cocoa nibs, aged in bourbon barrels. Because if you've learned anything about the way that JP and I work with our beer, we like our bourbon barrel aged beers. And I've got some from Bell's that we're going to try out next time. Maybe not next time, but sometime soon in the future. I just want to share those with you. But, uh, but this one is really good. It's a stout. But again, here's the thing I've been noticing. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my palate, whatever. Um, maybe you can speak to this too. But I've noticed that a lot of the stouts I've been drinking lately haven't felt like heavy stouts. Even the the higher percentage ones still feel relatively light to drink. Yeah, I think they're just getting smoother. I feel mm-hmm. like you know since people have been going with the nitro stouts where they're almost like sure. silky in your mouth, I feel like that's bleeding into just a normal stout. And it's definitely mm-hmm. not a nitro stout. I'm not suggesting right. that, but I don't know. There's just this weird smoothness to all these bourbon barrel aged stouts now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not complaining. And then I had uh, the last of the Big Lakes last night as I was uh, trying to finish painting this crazy house. And that one was one you already had, which was the gingerbread stout, which is uh, basically literally it's what it says. a lot of ginger in that sucker. It's a lot of ginger, which is why I think I drank it in the evening because it feels like more of an evening nightcap kind of thing with the ginger going on there. And it wasn't bad. I definitely enjoyed that one as well. So basically what we've learned is Big Lake, IPAs, and stouts, they do a really nice job on. Hey, there it is. We're join the party. A uh-huh. live review, live reaction here. You know, a live reaction, one of your favorite beers. So we already know. I saw mm. the can there. That's a hop stash. Oh, man. Oh, I want to go play golf. <laughs> yeah, Don't some people go. around the country listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, sure. Why Why wouldn't you? It's a beautiful day outside. And you're like, we're in Michigan. It's, it's snowed kinda yesterday. Snowed. Exactly. Now, hey, we have gone golfing in snow-like weather before. Yep. But uh, that was at the end of the season, not the beginning of the season. Apparently, some courses are starting to open up, though, dude. So we're going to have to get on the list I've seen people soon. playing. Dude, this yeah, is, I'm you know this is my all-time favorite golf beer. It, right. I don't know what. So I am a sucker for those weird bitter tart fruits. Like oh, I'll man, smash grapefruit. I will smash grapefruit. I right. like. I love grapefruit juice. <laughs> People hate these things. I absolutely mm-hmm. love them. And I kid you not, this is. There's a hundred percent grapefruit in here. Right. Yeah. Like it's the a grapefruit, grapefruit zest. IPA, it tastes exactly like the bitter tartness of an actual mm-hmm. grapefruit, and that's why I love this. It's an it's but a, with beer. Yeah. It's I don't know. I love it, Dan. Yeah. And so again, mm. uh, and really, what we're saying is like you can still. Now catch I'm just gonna some... sit here and make noises. <laughs> don't pay attention to him, or maybe enjoy. Joe him. Short. Joe Short's super zoomed in mug on this can's a little yeah. scary, but hey. it is. It, well, hey, it's a nice little uh, watercolor that craziness can. there. That's a Ooh. very crazy stash. Let me tell you what. Uh, Shorts is definitely known stash. for crazy can art. So yeah, those of you who get the chance to to try, uh, yeah, again, Big Lake isn't getting out of Michigan just yet, uh, but Shorts definitely is one that's got some uh, distribution all over the place. If you can get some hop stash, grab it. But again, that's the other thing too. Maybe or you just need and to try leave it out there for me so I can. Or that. Yeah, and the other thing too is you can try try the grapefruit IPAs around your locale. Even if you're not a huge grapefruit fan, the one nice thing that a lot of these IPAs do is they tend to have just enough grapefruit to where you notice it, but not so much that you're turned off on grapefruit. Uh, not that you could ever try be all the other ones of other first, people. though, because right. if you try Hopstash <laughs> first and you try the other ones, you're just it's like, just eh. gonna 
It's going to ruin it. But the other thing, but here's too, the thing. is if, if you're not head over heels for the tart or the bitter, like I think that's why I like the hop stash the most because mm-hmm. I feel like it's the most tart and the most bitter. Well, there you out go. Of all of them. But, and there are some great, I had a grapefruit Rattler the other day. For those of you that are more on the sweet side of things, you can totally drink that. I wasn't a huge fan of it. It wasn't bad. It was definitely easy to drink. But, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where it doesn't quite work the way you want it to, right? But uh, the other thing, too, to remind people, we just came into springtime. So what that does mean is, especially at some of your favorite breweries, whatever, this is probably your last chance to try some of those stouts and some of those seasonal dark ones because those guys are going to get shuffled off if they haven't already. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that uh, and look around for some cans. The other thing, too, to remember, uh, yes, shop stash, right? But the other thing, too, to remember, stouts, the nice thing about this is, they do keep better, so you can buy them at the end of the season and still drink them later on and be okay. Whereas with your little mustache, man, you're not going to keep that for more than a few months. But here's the thing, Dan. Look at this can. Mm-hmm. See see my hands on the can? Yeah. I know the listeners can't see this, but your reaction <laughs> might be fun. My hands okay. on the can. This uh-huh. is Jordan Addison, right? Oh, There's geez. Roger Rice. Yeah, you're a jerk. Yeah, uh, yeah, because your little baby hands can barely uh, well, let's move over to guys who hopefully shouldn't have baby hands, although I think a few of them do, and that's our tight ends. So uh, we're going to move our way into the big boys in this draft. So do you have 12 tight ends you want to talk about? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Tight end is a relatively deep position, but it's also not that deep. Like, like there's probably a, a glob of about nine of them that are sort of in a, in a bunch. But go ahead. Do you have a 12? So I just want to quickly say this, though. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I get it that a lot of people are saying there's no like top tier tight end talent in this draft, but mm-hmm. everybody talks about how it's still a very deep, like good tight end draft. There's right. none of that elite top end stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still having a tough time. Like this is the one position where I'm failing to see that. I truly am. Like I, I, you just, you don't see any talent. It. I see some, and okay. I see some guys that I'd be, I like quite a bit, but as soon as everybody goes, the tight end class is actually really deep. Mm-hmm. I'm going, wait, what? In what year? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm going to start this out by saying I ranked 15 of them. I blanket have a guy at 15 that I know will definitely be in my top 12, maybe even higher. I just haven't had the opportunity to go find a ton of tape on him. But it, I'm, I just want to mention Zach Koontz from Old Dominion, the big boy. Yeah. So he's definitely going to move up. He's the last guy mm-hmm. that I have to dig into, but I I, I saved him for last because I just had a feeling I was going to like him. So I apologize right. for not getting there. Well, and here's but the starting... thing too with him. He he by the way is he is a pass catching tight end. Even though he's six seven yeah. and two fifty five, he did not have to block hardly at all at Old Dominion with the way they ran their scheme. Now I'm not saying he can't block, but that's a skill set he has not shown that he can do too well. So, so number 12 for me, kicking things off here, I have Cameron Latu from Alabama, who was That's a fifth-year guy, but outside of the, the last two years, he just really, didn't really touch the field. But mm-hmm. um, solid player. Nobody I'd be really excited to – like, Kuntz, I definitely – I feel like I know that I'll like Zach Kuntz better than Latu. Right. But for the time being, Latu's at 12. Who you got? Sure. Well, and again, I've got uh, I've got Josh Wiley at 12. Wile? Wiley? Wiley. 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 Uh, and again, he's a, he's a bigger boy, six six and a half. So another another large target out there. Uh, he wasn't the fastest at the combine. He he had okay numbers, but again, he strikes me as a guy who's gonna be able to block a little more. And he did put up decent receiving numbers when he was at, at Cincinnati. But again, I'm not gonna have a ton to talk about in the back half of some of these tight ends because they were just sort of all varying levels of the same to me. So I got I got Josh Weil at eleven. Um, I, I was. He was a guy I was expecting to be much higher on, 
mm-hmm. there are two things that were kind of concerning for me. I didn't see a lot of the explosiveness and the jumping, which for right. whatever reason I like in the tight ends. So mm-hmm. he didn't. Ha- he had a not a not so good vert. He had right. I think arguably the worst broad jump. Mm-hmm. But the main thing with him though is. Everywhere you looked, he was listed at like 235 pounds, and he looked right. like he was 235 pounds, and then all of a sudden the combine ran around, and he was like 250. <laughs> so I'm yeah. trying to figure out if he randomly just bulked up for that, and maybe that impacted some of this, and what's his or real playing weight? His, Cause yeah, or if they had if his freshman six, year six, numbers. If he's 6'6", that's skinny for well, that's what I mean, it's like, Or did he come in at like 235, and they just didn't maybe. update his bio? <laughs> But what I'm saying is, like, when you looked at him playing, he looked like he right. was closer to 230 than a 250. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have some questions with him, but I expected to like him a lot more. Sure. Yeah, and that makes sense. I understand that. So, again, yeah, those are the first two guys we got to hear. Who do you have at 10? 10 at Payne Durham um, from oh, Purdue. Disrespect. Another, another six six guy. Well, here's the thing. Payne Look, he's not was, athletic. I'm not going to argue that. He's not athletic. I th- but he I was just finds ways say, to catch the ball. I think Payne Durham, we're still waiting for him to cross the the line oh, for the 40-yard dash. I think we're still waiting. Did he get there yet? Mm. I think I have a shot at beating him. I've got a shot. <laughs> Look, we joked about this, and we're going to try to set up a time this summer where we can do you know, our uh, our drills. I think it's going to be hilarious. We just need an independent observer. Maybe your wife can come you know, run the stopwatch and laugh at us. Yeah, he he ran the slowest 40 out of the tight ends, I believe. But And he also jumped... Fast. Just as bad as Josh Weil, so no, he's got an inch, I don't know. Got an inch more than him. <laughs> Big whoop. Yeah, I don't understand why I like Durham more uh, than you do necessarily. I've got him at seven on my list, but he just he seems like he manages to make plays even when he's not fast enough and not a big enough jumper. Just he just finds ways to get things done. So uh, again, irrational, irrational, but I like him better. Ten for me is Will Mallory. He's a six foot four inch and six foot four and a half. 239 guy out of Miami who, again, tell you what, with him, he's a bit of a question mark for me because he had 4.5 speed, which is great, obviously, for the position. He's very athletic, but he didn't have a ton of production for me. And part of that's, I think, because he had some pretty inconsistent quarterbacking. So uh, Mallory is a guy I need to look into more. I like him, but I don't know. He could he could jump up or he could go down for me. I'm not really sure yet. So it's interesting. That I whew, you, you said one thing that raised concern for me, but I'll, let me just say this. I got Mallory at nine, so he's my next guy, mm-hmm. so I'll go to some nice little transition here. Sure. Extremely athletic, okay? I mean, a 4-5-40 with a one five nine split, like 36 and some change in the vert, mm-hmm. ten, over 10 foot in the broad. but So very athletic. I have him at nine because I was concerned about the 239 pounds. It's okay. a bit of a, a bit light for tight end for my liking, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, the one thing you said that caught me off guard was not a lot of production. He's got like 104 receptions in the past three years. Right, and I guess I like to see guys get more than 50 passes or 50 catches in a year at a school like Miami that throws the ball as much yeah, as they do. So. But how many tight ends get above 50 grabs? Well, call me a little That's bit of very an rare. Like to my tight ends. Thir- 30 receptions I'm for tight, tight end ends snob. in college is really solid. I'm a tight end and he's snob. averaged that for three years. What's that? I'm a tight end snob. Yeah, you are. I guess so. All right. Are we on eight? We're on nine now. Oh, nine. I did my nine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My nine is Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, another baby hands man. But again, 6'5", 251. He's a guy that obviously we watched more because we're Michigan fans. Uh, And again, not crazy athletic, but another guy who found ways to get open and found ways to find mismatches and things like that. So I like Schoonmaker, uh, but not enough to put him up higher than that. Yeah, well, I got Schoonmaker at eight. 
Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. a one year wonder ish at tight end, if you will, from this past year, and that was due to the guy in front of him, Eric Hall, <laughs> unfortunately not being able to play, so he kind of yeah. was a de facto tight end. And mm-hmm. yes, he has baby hands, um, and <laughs> I don't know, solid guy, but just nothing. Sure. That, I mean, I watched him in depth, and he was our backup tight end, so I don't know. There eight, you go. eight, eight might even be too high. I, I you know, I might have got a little Michigan biased and just like, ooh, just put him at eight. <laughs> But again, he does well, just find ways to get open. He does. That, that I sneaky, will give him that. He's sneaky with his mismatches. Well, number eight for me is another slow man, and that's Davis Allen from Clemson. I mean, he's six six two. This is getting hilarious, Dan. What? What? Do you have him at seven? Yeah, all mine are just one <laughs> spot above yours so far. All right. So I'm well, because I like Payne Durham more than you. Who's three? Yeah. That, well, it could be, but like everything's just off by one. It's funny. I guess right. But yeah. So anyway, so Davis Allen, six six two forty five, big guy, bigger hands. Right, uh, but again, four eight four, so slower player. But uh, again, I can't speak to him too much. He was uh, even though he played for a team that I cover in Clemson, I just never really got a huge sense that he was a standout player. But he seems like he's he's a decent option, and that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, it's like a lot of these tight ends are kind of in a big old shrug your shoulders back half of the top ten, twelve for me. Well, here's the thing. Davis Allen, I, I like his I like his size a lot. Mm-hmm. He's six six, two forty five. He's got the ten inch paws. Um, you know, he we're still waiting. Height. We're still waiting for Payne Durham to cross the forty, but Davis Allen just crossed the forty right Stop. now. Stop. He just crossed <laughs> it, so he's just a little faster. I'm so curious lot. to see how slow we run this. This is going to be hilarious. Yeah, I know, me too. But we're also not twenty one year old kids as a tight end going to the NFL. But oh, no, um, it's gonna be really funny. I love his jumping Should we ability. Get Brad on this too. Like, look at his vert. And Let's his get Brad jump. on the forty with us too. Brad can't make it. To the, <laughs> Brad will finish it by next year's time. But anyhow, so yes, he's six six. Can jump thirty eight and a half. Broad jump ten and a half. He's not fast, but he's big, and he can jump. So I love that. And he did have. An okay year a year ago with 28 grabs, and this past mm-hmm. year he had 39 grabs with five touchdowns, which I like, and that's True. all That's all with Uagulele, who looked awful. <laughs> Uyang, yeah, and then they've got what is it, Uyangulele? Yeah, Uyangulele. Yeah, that's why he transferred, Ule? right? Yeah. Yeah. DJ. Yeah, and uh, I just had a brilliant idea. I don't know if you're on board with this, but so yes. we, we both are in a fantasy football league. And we both uh, we we tried to oh do to a determine lot of the draft. draft order. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, we determined draft order doing a lottery. That's great. But I'm thinking, what if we did our combine stuff before we did the draft? Because after the draft, we're going to be a little bit too sauced. But what if we did it that morning? See if the other boys want to join in with us, or at least have objective observers who can laugh at us. I mean, I'm I'm down. All right. We'll you see know, if we can I'm get always, that to happen. Always there. Right. So yeah, I'm just throwing that idea out there. All right. Quick aside. Moving back on things now. Who do you got at seven? That was Allen, right? So six. Wait, I thought. Okay, so you already did your seven. Yeah, seven was Payne Durham, the guy you don't like because he's too slow. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, just waiting for him across the forty. Yeah. Uh, six for me is Tucker Craft. Um, oh, same. Th- yeah, I-, I like Tucker Craft quite a bit. I mean, he was a guy that we had talked about when mm-hmm. we touched on the small schools all the time. Six right. five, two fifty four. That is awesome. That's like almost mm-hmm. ideal. For a right. tight end, and he's got you know he's got ten inch hands. He ran an okay forty, okay mm-hmm. jumping. I mean, looks solid on tape. Like he he just looks like your typical tight end, solid made out in a lab ish tight end <laughs> that just is going to do his job and nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, number five then. 
Number five, I have the guy that everybody seems to be infatuated with, who Uh I'm glad that he actually said this. I'm glad he said this because this is what I'd been saying the entirety of the season. Right. The only two things I said about this guy was, one, he's living in the shadow of arguably the best player in college football, for the love of God. We definitely have the same number five. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, he's just in an extension of the O-line. It's what I've always said. He's an extension Mm -hmm. of the offensive line for Georgia. Right. And then yeah. people interviewed him, and he goes, I'm the sixth offensive lineman. It's like, mm-hmm. there, okay. <laughs> so even Darnell Washington agrees with me. Mm-hmm. Now, he's so, got sheet-of-sized paper hands. He's right. pretty darn athletic for 6'7", 264. I mean, right. yeah, I get it. But he just feels – Can't jump, like he No, no, absolutely not. But does he need to at 6'7"? Right, like exactly. I feel like there's a chance where this guy might play a few years of tight end and then might actually end up being a tackle. I mean, or at least like he's going to be uh, an H-back kind of thing where you just keep moving him around wherever you need an extra blocker. He's a guy that needs to get drafted by the right team. If he's drafted mm-hmm. by a team that likes to run the ball, he will be a happy man. You will be a happy GM, and your team is going to plow people on the line. If he goes to a team that likes to throw the ball, you're, you're making a mistake. I'm sorry. You just are. Number four? Number four. This we may is, line up the rest of the way. I'm curious about this. We have some shuffle, I think, of the top four. We'll see what happens. Well, in my May shuffle by the time draft day rolls around, because number Same. four for me <laughs> was my number one tight end heading Ooh. into the year. Okay. Like, my number one. All right. Like, we, I know when we did our draft and whatnot, just because we were kind of being influenced by Michael Mayer and the national writers yeah. and this and that, but my number one tight end pre-college football was Sam Laporta. Aha. Uh-huh. I got him at four as well. Yep. So the only reason I left him at four, even though he was my number one guy, is he's a little short for the tight end for my personal sure. taste at six three. But other than that, I mean, he gets the job done. Doesn't have the baby hands. <laughs> is 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 well, very athletic. Yeah. But I mean, he's six three two forty five. You know what's I mean, funny know, though too is he's he's six three two forty five. But if you look at his vert and uh, Darnell Washington's vert, they would get up to the same height. Yes, that's what I said. So that's something to factor Washington in, right? Yeah. He can't jump, but yeah, uh, I like Laporta as well. I'd be I'd be curious if Laporta would be higher if he played somewhere other than Iowa, where they throw the ball fifteen times a game. I'd yeah, be but everybody knows that. Iowa tight ends are just like they pan out. They They're work, money, yeah. so that's why you can't I go felt wrong. like he was my guy. I feel like you might be able to go wrong with number three for me. I'm not sure if he's the same for you, but Luke Musgrave right now is still three for me, and part of that is because while everyone freaking loves the dude. Uh, I'm still concerned about the injury stuff, man. That's really the big thing there. He's 6'6", 253. He's got all the measurables in the world that you could want, but I'm just still nervous that he's he's not durable enough. 100% what you said. I have him highlighted in red on here. So <laughs> I have him and Zach Koontz highlighted in red. That's why I waited on Koontz. But Musgraves, mm-hmm. I mean, he's played 20 games, dude. Like, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of tape on him. Sure. Like, he's a f- f- he was there for four years and played like a season and a half. Right, and so that makes you concerned. Some of that's because he was younger. Some of it was because injuries. I get it, but I'm with you. I mean, he's very much a super scared number three for me. The rest right. of the world seems to love the guy. I yeah, mean, I've seen mocks. Is- I've seen current mocks where he goes in the first. I'm like, okay. And it's because he's big, big hands, fast. That's what people are going to say. You know, more or less, not not crazy fast, but you know, fast enough for the position, right? So, number two for me, maybe the same for you. I don't know, Dalton Kincaid. He's there for now. Aha. I didn't get to see Fair. any of the on-field stuff to see if it backs up what I saw on tape. But mm-hmm. if if he has a pro day for Utah and comes out and fast and jumps okay and blah, 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 he's 100% moving to one for me, 100%. As long as he doesn't run like a, you know, 
if he's not running a four eight forty. If he runs four seven, mm-hmm. the same as Michael Mayer, and has probably better jumping ability, because I'd be willing to bet that. Then yeah, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? I'm just gonna change it. Kincaid's won for me because I okay. believe I believe what I saw on tape. Well, there you go. Uh, they did actually have the pro day on the 23rd. I don't think we have any. I'm gonna look it up. You go ahead and info. talk, and I got Mayer at one. I'm gonna look up Dalton Kincaid's pro day. Yeah, I'm the same with you. I got Kincaid at two, Mayer at one. I think Kincaid I is a better. Oh, there you go. Right. So I think Kincaid, I think, is a better receiver. Mayer mm-hmm. is a better all-around tight end, is how I look at totally it. Just because I didn't see, I didn't see Kincaid do a lot of blocking at Utah, and partially because of the, maybe the Pac-12, maybe just because the way they scheme things, maybe because I didn't see those plays. But I put uh, Mayer ahead of him just by a little bit, even though Kincaid has bigger hands uh, and a little bit faster. I think probably is how it's going to rate out. We'll see. Uh, but Michael Mayer just seems like he can do the blocking and the catching side of things at tight end, and so he's uh, somebody that a lot of people have had. Most people got him as number one on their boards. He may not be the first one taken, but he's definitely probably the best tight end total package tight end uh in this draft right now but at the same time none of these tight ends make us just just jump out of our seats like a guy coming out next year will and that's the bowser brock bowers is going to be he could potentially be a top five pick next year if he continues to progress the way he has we'll see so super bummer here kincaid was present at the uh pro day for utah but that's about it he's present all right well there you go anything (laughs) he's just betting on his tape Yeah. He's just batting on his tape, and I'm not mad hey, about it. I'm still leaving. No, it some on. guys can do that. All right. Well, now we got the offensive line, and uh, for those of you who have uh, soldiered on with us so far, this might be our longest episode ever. So let's just tighten up uh, and and rip through these That's offensive fair. linemen. Let's start because we middle. we're only supposed to do a take on one or two people. And we've been doing it on every person. But well, this is this is what happens when neither of us have technical deadlines and when we need to go do a thing. So yes. whoops. <laughs> All right. Let's rip through them. Centers. We're only going to do six of these guys. Who do you have? At six on your center list. Let's just do this a little differently. I'm just going to list all, right. all six so of mine, and then you list all oh, okay. six of yours, and then let's just do a take or two. Okay. Okay, so six, I have Ricky Stromberg, who could very okay. well move to five, because I, I, mm-hmm. start, he's starting to grow on me. But currently five is Juice Scruggs, okay. and then uh, four is Olu Oluwatimi, and mm-hmm. then, oh, that's the first time I ever said his name all the way through. It felt wrong. Of you. His, let me well, you rewind. Well, you whole first name. Fair, but it's still Olu Olu. Uh, yep. Yeah. So then uh, three for me is Luke Whippler. And mm-hmm. then two for me, which broke my heart moving him down to two, was John Michael Schmitz. And then okay. one, one is just the guy <laughs> that I've been saying for the past month Your or so. You're madman. Dude, he was like my biggest riser. Like, he's a second-round pick all day, and I'm stoked for it. Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. Okay. He's my number one center. He's sure. my probably number two overall interior lineman. I think he's better than right. every guard except for one. But I'll just do my take now before you do yours. My The reason <laughs> Tipman and Schmitz, I like those two so much, is mm-hmm. they're both centers, and both of those guys, when asked, they're like, oh, yeah, I can play guard. I don't care. Put sure. me in there. Love it. Yeah, and you appreciate that attitude. And, again, Joe Tipman has the best mullet in the world, and I would never say anything to offend a man who's 6'6", 313, right? So uh, we have some similarities. We're not quite lined up, but uh, at 6 for me is Juice Scruggs, 5 is Olu Olu, 4 Ricky Stromberg, who you like a little less than I do at the moment. Uh, Luke Whippler is 3, Joe Tipman 2, John Michael Smith is still 1 for me, but I am not going to fight you on some of those rankings. The one thing I will say is as much as I love Olu, and I do because he's a Michigan guy, he definitely is one of the smartest centers. Uh, I think he might be the smartest center just as far as like brain processing and stuff like that. 
but the dude has baby hands. He is 6'2", 309, with 8 and 5 eighths inch hands. How does that happen? I don't know. It almost makes me want to move him down to six, make him He's the bottom also slow. of slow. Hey, but, you know, I never paid attention to it with the centers because, I, you know, Lyman, I stare at the arm length a lot. But Right. Um, Joe Tipman, 10 and three-quarter paws. He ain't dropping the ball. No. Rain, got, snow, he's whatever. Big, he's big snapping it. Yeah. He's also 6'6". <laughs> six, six. Right. He's a giant center. He's, he's a large individual. There's no doubt about that. And so, yeah, that kind of gives us somewhere to work with from the centers. Uh, going to uh, interior O-line, so these are the guards. And, again, some of those centers are going to play guards. One of the reasons why we aren't doing 12 guards and, like, 12 centers is because, one, there's probably going to be five, six centers drafted. Uh, and then when you look at the guards, a lot of these centers are going to play guard, maybe, depending what team they end up on, right? So who do you have at uh, six on your guard list? So, yeah, I just went back to check the data real quick, though. But centers, yeah, seven on average over the last 10 years okay. have been drafted. And just while I'm on it, guards last 10 years, there's 15 of them. But Whoops. we'll do the six here. So six, um, I just kind of blanket put out cheat here. I'll give a 6A and a 6B. <laughs> okay. So there's two guys that I like quite a bit here that mm-hmm. uh, didn't do – well, one just wasn't even invited to the combine, but the other, <laughs> other one just didn't do any of the on-field drills. Okay. Uh, I, I think he did the bench, though, but that's not really an on-field drill. But six, I currently have Jackson Kirkland from Washington. But at seven, mm-hmm. I have Antonio Maffi from uh, California at Los Angeles. I got him flip-flopped. So, oh, okay. So I like both those guys quite a bit. I feel like Kirkland just didn't test well for me at the at the the with what he did at the combine. He didn't do anything. Not, and he didn't do, well, he didn't do the running numbers. We saw him, but his on-field drills just didn't really impressed me with what i saw him moving around he just seemed like a little lumbering even for a guy mm-hmm. his size and he's six seven three twenty one so me that's why but still i just didn't i wasn't wildly impressed with him but at number five i've got Jarrett patterson uh from notre dame who played a lot of center, oh yeah i forgot we're gonna rip guard. through him yep uh same then, i got him i got Jarrett patterson at five too okay four you're gonna hate me for but that's chandler chandler zavala for me i mean he, I he played really it. well Okay. Four still really higher well. than the rest of the entire nation. <laughs> Fair. I say he played really well at the uh, at, at the smaller level schools and then played pretty solidly when he got up to North Carolina State. Uh, again, another guy that I don't know why he didn't get invited uh, to the – was he at the combine? I can't remember. I don't have no. those numbers down here on my sheet. Yeah. I was, about to say, I was surprised not. that he didn't, he didn't have anything on there. But uh, uh, number three for me is Andrew Voorhees from uh, USC. Who do you have at three? Uh, well, I still got to do my four. Oh, okay. Four is Andrew Voorhees. Aha. Um, I just I wish he would have ran the He's forty. A... Like <laughs> when it comes to the alignment, all I care uh-huh. about is the forty and the ten yard split. <clears throat> yeah, just because I want to look at the t- I want to see the explosiveness. Like, right. it, believe it or not, people get obsessed about like a a wide receiver running the forty. A good 40 time means a heck of a lot more to an old lineman than it does a wide receiver. Because a wide receiver can be a good route runner and create separation in many ways. A good right. 40 time is all about the explosiveness, which you got to get off the line quick. Right. And, again, for me, that's why the, the first 10 is even more important for an offensive oh, yeah. lineman. Because if your offensive lineman is going 40 yards down the field, something good has already happened. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and, yeah, I like, I like uh, Voorhees. Uh, I think that he's at 6'6", 310, is a big-bodied guy who can you know do some damage those 10-inch hands as well. Uh, number three for you? Uh, number three for me is Steve Avila, TCU. Okay. I like Steve I Avila quite a bit, but he should probably be too, but I'm just mm-hmm. being irrational with the take too. So go ahead. You go can ahead. talk about Avila, and then I'll do my irrational take. 
Well, okay. again, Steve Avila, he's your he's he's a team that you cover, but uh, it's more and more that you read about him and learn about him. Uh, at six three and a half, three thirty two, he's a big man, but he moves pretty well for a guy who's three thirty two. And when you think about that, I mean, he gets off the line pretty well. He still jumped almost thirty inches. He's he didn't have a crazy broad jump, but he's also three thirty two. Uh, but for a man, it's his size. He gets to where he needs to get to in a hurry. Yeah, he had a solid bench too, so he's a tough cat. I mean, it's no Andrew Voorhees, but. <laughs> yeah, solid bench. But number two, my my rationalish take. This is the Zakari Franklin of offensive linemen here. Oh, okay. Not invited to the combine. Can't find hard, well, I can find a lot of Zakari Franklin tape, so I apologize there. That was a I shouldn't have started <laughs> to say that. And his tape is awesome. Chandler Zavala, I cannot find a ton of mm. tape. I can find a ton of interviews with this guy, and I know he right. was late playing football. Uh, but love his attitude, his personality, and I just look at what he – he's never allowed a sack. True. I don't think he's ever allowed a sack. He's barely allowed any hurries if you go to PFF, mm-hmm. like one or well, two and, a year. And one of the only highlight tapes for him is from when he played D2 ball, I think something like that, or wherever he was at, some small school. And he was just absolutely obliterating people, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't even fair. Yeah, he, he's a guy who wouldn't be – he's a he's obviously a projection, but I, mm-hmm. I like him a lot, way more than almost anyone. But – um. He's not a guy like I'd be willing to like make any bets or anything on, but right, sure. I just well, think there's a world where he could be a top two or three interior lineman in this draft. Sure, I think it's not going to get drafted again, that way. Well, when you look at the value on on a guy like that, though, where he could go fourth round or something like that, you could be very happy picking him up later on. And I think number well, one for both of us is yeah, Osiris Torrance. I mean, he's this man was built in the lab to play guard. Whether you think he's left guard, right guard, whatever, plug him in, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, at the Torrance tackles. and Tipman are my top two interior linemen. There's sure. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> they are they are both very good. Uh, and again, they both play their positions well. So looking at the offensive tackles, let's rip through these 12 and then we'll call it a day. Who do you have at the back end of the tackle list right now? You know what's funny is I feel like we talked about the tackles a decent amount. So I'm just going to, th- I'm going to try and do this exact same thing that we did before. Oh, you're going to um, rip I'm through, rip top through 12? all 12, do a brief okay. take, and then just let you go. I'm going to stretch out for this. Go for it. All right, so 12 is a guy that I have him at 12 because I know he has to be in the top 12, but mm-hmm. he ha- also has to be higher than 12. He's the only okay. offensive tackle that I have to go back. i got to watch the tape on him. Okay. Because I've heard great things. I see great things. I've seen some tape, not all of it, but mm-hmm. it's Matthew uh, Bergeron from you Syracuse. You insult him, sir. No, I just say he's going to be up. I haven't seen his tape yet. Yeah. He's going to go right, way continue. up. He's probably a top six tackle, just okay. being honest. All right. Probably is. But uh, then 11, I have uh, Connor Galvin from Baylor Bears. Mm-hmm. 10, I have Dalton Wagner from Arkansas, who is actually really high on throughout the year, but he's kind of drifted downward. Um, sure. Uh, number nine is a guy that you and I had spoke quite a bit about uh, from the smaller schools, but Tennessee Chattanooga's McClendon Curtis. I have it okay. nine. Mm-hmm. And then here's where it, – so my top eight I like quite a bit. Uh-huh. So uh, Bergeron might – he's going up to at least probably nine, at least nine, sure. but could be higher. Number eight I have Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Okay. Number seven I have Dewan Jones, the the super-sized paws. <laughs> Did you see the size of his arms and his, his hands? Just, <laughs> it's insane. The dude's talked about He is – Giant. Was, Unlike Aaron Gibson crazy. when he played with the Lions years ago and just looked fat. But he was like uh, Dewan Jones pounds. just looks huge. Yeah. Dewan Jones just looks huge. Yeah, he's got the good kind of huge. 
He's got 36 sit and 3 inch arms. Just, hands just 11 and 5 eighths. On the right side of your offensive line, and don't worry about it for about a decade. It's wild. Uh, number six for me is a guy that I already know is going to move up because I went back to watch the tape again because mm-hmm. we talked about all the tackles a lot, but then I had to go back and watch tape because it's one of my favorite sure. positions to watch. But Blake Freeland's going to move up. I As think, he should. I think Blake, Blake Freeland's going to move up to number three. So oh, okay. That's take bold. that for what you will. I do like him quite a bit. Number five, Cody sure. Mock. like mm-hmm. him a lot. Um I have him up at five, and he's definitely staying in the top six. He'll probably just be at six, uh-huh. mainly because I just love the fact that he can play all five positions and is willing to do it. Uh, number four, Anton Harrison, um, was a little higher on him uh, than anybody else just based on the type of athleticism that he has, especially running under a five in the 40. But mm-hmm. his 10-yard split wasn't the greatest, so I moved okay. You know, he can right. – We'll see. More to come on him. Him and Mock will move down. Freeland will move up. But Freeland is definitely going to be battling for the three spot with bro Derek Jones, the old bro Joe there. And mm-hmm. then the top two that are pretty much locked and loaded, I got Peter Skaronsky at two, even though he might end up being – actually, you know what? He's a guard. <laughs> I, I, the more oh, and more I've watched this tape – he is. He is. He doesn't have the arm length. Same with Cody Mock. Cody you don't Mock have and the arm length. Skaronsky and Mock will both play interior line. Just calling it out, and that might impact Tipman being the number two because Skaronsky is definitely better than Tipman. But just Skaronsky's the, the best number... offensive lineman in this draft. You just have to figure out where you're going to put him. He's a guard. I got to adjust my rankings. You're a guard. And then uh, Paris Johnson, number one. So I did a little bit of my sure. takes right away, but ripped through it. <laughs> so that the I'm two that are going it. to move are Freeland and Bergeron. Well, I'm going to rip through it, and I already know that we disagree on one guy, which might seem odd considering how much I talked about him during the year but when we went back and looked at him. Yeah, I, he slid down. But at 12 for me is Connor Galvin, who you talked about towards the back end. I've got 11, Dalton Wagner uh, from Arkansas, who's another gigantic human at 6'8", 320. And so he's another guy that uh, that he he's not athletic, but he's just huge. You sit him down again, Gal- sit him on the right Galvin's side. Galvin's going to be a guard, too, just saying. Yeah, well, you know, you and your you and your, your body shaming. It's just been a theme oh, of this dang. year. <laughs> All right, number 10, Anton Harrison. I, have, I was not impressed with his tape, dude. I think that... He has me the ability to That's play both sides. That's what I said. He's sides. moving down for me. Well, here's the thing. He has the ability to play both sides, and he has the potential to be a solid player somewhere, but I just I feel like I'm confused as what to do with him. So number nine, McClendon Curtis, you talked about number eight as a good spot for Matthew Bergeron, I think. Uh, definitely somebody that I think uh, a lot of people even have him up higher than that. We'll see about that as far as that big picture, but we will have Dewan Jones at seven. Cody Mock is six. Blake Freeland is number five for me right now because, again, Super athletic at the size that he is at 6'8", 302, but he still stands up a little too high in that 6'8", for me. Uh, and I got Darnell right at four. And the big reason why I have him up that high is Will Anderson said he was the best guy he played against all season, and that's good enough for me. Uh, I think that he's shown that he's, again, he's more of a right guard, a right tackle than a left tackle. I feel like there's a lot of guys who aren't necessarily locked down left tackles in this draft, but Darnell Wright is proven because he can lock down the best pass rusher in this draft uh, that he deserves to be up there for me at four. And then, uh, again, I really hope his name is Bro Derek and not Broderick. But Mr. Jones mm-hmm. from Georgia is number three. Paris Johnson is two. And I still have Skronsky at one, maybe because I have delusions of grandeur. This guy can hold it down, even being slightly small, if you will, for the position with smaller arms at this position. Uh, yeah, admittedly. And it's interesting because you basically have the pterodactyl and Paris Johnson and the T-Rex and Peter Skronsky. But I still like Skronsky. Okay. 
Yeah, and I just I literally just made all three of those guys interior linemen. So I'm reworking our rankings <laughs> on a show where we covered our rankings. So to yeah, I that's guess I'll point. close on this when Dan said at the beginning these are all still a work in progress and there still will be movement. Well, I just did a whole <laughs> show about my rankings and I adjusted several positions live in time. There you go. And that might have to do with the fact that he cracked a hop stash halfway through. We'll see what happens. But hey, well, anything else you want to wrap up with here, JP, before we call it a day? I don't think so. I'm solid. Now I just got to, you know, I shouldn't have cracked the hop stash because I still got to take the doggos for a walko. No, that's okay. You only had one. You'll be fine. If you had yeah. one of the, the, you know, one of the fudgies, you might be a little more rough shape. So I'm going to get to some painting and some other stuff around the house because we still have lives outside of this show, but most of our lives for the next month is going to be consumed by the NFL draft because we are roughly one month away as far as days go from the NFL draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of chop and change between now and then. So you need to listen to us and laugh at us and try some of the beverages because you won't regret at least that choice when it comes to all this stuff here with Draft Guys.